like living with a six-year-old. I still go on play dates. I just call them play dates so I can go out with Eric and Paul and Adam. You sound like his mom. He likes sports too. You guys would be such good friends. I'll do all the technical aspects. Adam will be the face. Paul will be the muscle. And then Eric will be oh, the sales guy. We're screwed from the muscle. <laughs> Paul I handed, the muscle and the troubadour. I handed a jar to my son to open the other day, so we're in bad shape. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to the Four Fathers. I'm Paul. I'm Adam. I'm Fife. And I'm Eric. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about faith, family, friendship, and other F-words like fondness. And tonight, we're going to discuss... How we met our wives. You know, we've been doing this for almost a year now, and uh, we've you've heard us talk about our wives, but you know, all of us have been married for you know over ten years. Some, all of us, over fifteen years, I believe. Um, some of us even over twenty years. So I feel like we're at a wedding dance. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm still dancing, but when we get to thirty, <laughs> I'm done. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so I figured we'd start. Start the conversation by have by talking about um, how we met our wives, if we can remember. I mean, some of us are so old, Eric, <laughs> that uh, we might forget a few things. It might get a little patchy, but we'll take what you can remember, even those fond like on Golden Pond views with the fuzzy gold. Oh, Norman, you old poop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Norman. <laughs> So do you guys remember how you met your wives? And can you tell us what that was like? Dog silent pause. <laughs> nobody can remember. <laughs> You're going to get us in trouble you alive. Know? I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just woke up and... Uh, I was <laughs> I think. Who are you? <laughs> um, oh, man. So I was living uh, with one of our all mutual friends, this guy, Bob, in North Chelmsford Center. He was at a church... Uh, Bethel Christian Church in Chelmsford, and the worship he he was going to that church, and um, the worship leader was going to be away for that weekend, so he um, asked Bob and I to come and play. Well, he asked Bob, and then Bob said, "Hey, Bob, will, will you come come play?" And uh, my wife Liz was going to that church, and actually, they had a school that was tied to it, and so she um, was part of that school as well. Um, uh, so yeah, so she was there. I met her there, and um, and that's how we met. And uh, it was at a time in my life. Uh, I don't know how deep we're gonna go here, but where I had, uh, I was I was really looking and looking and looking for that, you know, who would who would be uh, my uh, my one and only, as it were. And I had just stopped because I had just given up because I said, you know what, this is this is just not going anywhere. I hadn't really met the right person. And so, as usual, when you stop looking for people or things you that's when you find them and so um it was different it was a very different relationship at the beginning um than i had kind of always imagined um it's flourished into the most amazing thing like marriage for me has been such a learning experience but such like a hidden gem that i had no idea about like people joke about it and and the such but it's it's really like boy if you want you know there's that bible verse you know uh, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church, and it's you know to to just go you know go through things with them has been amazing. But um, but yeah, that's that's how we that's how we met. Uh, and 18 years later, um, here we are. So I asked her to, um, let's see, I asked her to go out with me 
um, for the first time at the beach, and we spent. She really likes the beach, so we spent some time like up there in our in our youth, as it were, before we were. They're married. all mermaids. They all want to go exactly. to the beach. They all want to go to the beach. <laughs> and then I asked her to marry me on a Christmas Eve, um, by singing her a song. And what's funny, I sang her, I sang her uh, our song, "I Will Be There." And what's funny is I went to go. So we had our family there. Um, we were all in sort of this other side room and I went to get my guitar and I sat down with it and the, my aunt turns to me and she goes, you're not going to sing to your, you're not going to sing to Liz, are you? And that's exactly what I did. And then, but then of course, you know, when you kneel and you ask her to marry you, then people, it's okay. Cause it's, it's kind of beautiful, but <laughs> that right. was, uh, yeah, that was, that, so that, that's how we met and fast forward, you know, more than a few years there. So that's awesome. Still married, still playing guitar. Still married, still playing guitar. Yep. Yeah, I think for me, it was um, kind of twofold. I think part early part one was um, primarily very early on. I, I'll try to summarize very quickly. But growing up as a kid, we used to go to Groton frequently um, for Christmas trees and things like that nature i shared you know that in other uh, previous um podcasts and whatnot and in every moment that we were always going up there there was always this point where i would after getting christmas tree and dad was tying it to the top of the roof we would be sitting in the car trying to warm up our feet and hands um because our moon boots were full of water and our gloves were pretty much made of polyester so they you know really didn't keep the warmth in and kept all the cold uh, on your hand. So you're sitting there by the, you know, the dash warming up. And I'd always look down the end of the road. And for me, I always got this impression and always had this feeling that was just very like God, you know, kind of one of those God moments where it was like, Hey, you know, your future wife's going to be down that road. And the, the way our tree farm was in relation to where my wife grew up in Groton was pretty much a couple of miles down the road. And we never, Anytime we went to go get our Christmas tree, we always stopped at the Christmas tree farm. We never went beyond that. Um, the road, you know, was always continued on um, and only, you know, kind of at the moment of, you know, really courting my wife and dating um, when we were in uh, college uh, did a lot of that kind of connect. So um, it just reaffirmed a lot of the, the things I was thinking, a lot of the, the feelings I had. Um, but a lot of our... Um, backstory was is that we were you know we were in youth group we we all share youth group in some form or fashion and um we very much you know um we're great friends throughout most of youth group and even out of high school and um when she went away to college we started dating and at that point um i was working in boston for a computer company and so it was really easy for me to um drive her back and forth to wheelock college which is now bu um, but that was, a, a constant weekend thing back and forth. We would, uh, I would spend time down there in Boston after work and then sometimes drive home to my apartment and then drive back down to Boston to pick her up. And, you know, so I, I racked up a lot of mileage on my car, a lot of time listening to some really great music back and forth at one or two in the morning, <laughs> picking her up because she'd either call me and be like, Hey, can you come pick me up at school? I really miss you. I want to be home earlier. My roommates are driving me nuts. So I would drive down at 1130 from, um, you know, Westford. And that's about a good 40, 35 minute to 40 minute drive. I was doing it in about 25 minutes at one or two in the morning uh, down to Boston 
to pick her up outside of uh, pretty much where Wheelock is in Jamaica Plain, which is not the best place <laughs> in Boston to be, but uh, always entertaining by any stretch of the imagination. Um, all that kind of unfurled to the point where um, we shortly got married after that. Um, and um, the rest is, you know, kind of history. I mean, we've been together for a long time and she's always kind of been my perfect match. I mean, she's the balance for my type A struggles. <laughs> we'll, we'll call them that because as you guys all know, I'm <laughs> very much, you know, it's got to be done and it's got to get done fast. and It's got to get done efficient. <laughs> um, and we're always kind of on task, but she's very much my, um, my anchor in the terms of uh, just <laughs> slowing down. Like I've learned now as I've gotten older, we've been married for 20, almost 21 years now. And I am now enjoying the the time sitting on the beach, sipping coffee, enjoying the waves where when you'd asked me 10 years before that, I'd be like, okay, great. We saw the beach. Let's move on to the next thing. Come on. Let's, you know, let's get, let's get this agenda done. We, uh, we've got five days here in, in Maine or wherever we're at and we need to get these five days, you know, nailed down and so i would always fly through my vacation just so i pretty much kind of fly through most of my job and and you know personal life so you know she's definitely the anchor in that part of my life and and she's always you know always keeping me um on my toes in terms of you know trying to just take life a little um lighter and being able to see the things i don't always you know see because i'm just going at 90 miles an hour adam so my meeting of my wife is a pretty unique situation so uh arranged marriage no <laughs> so i had some some friends who uh or i had a friend that i used to, and mutual friends with romanek and everyone here on this po podcast mike and every uh every friday we would hang out at uh borders and so uh up and in Nashua. Borders books. Borders I don't books. even know if they're around yeah, we anymore. Didn't hang, yeah. they're around yeah. anymore. We didn't hang out at the border. border, there was a really big wall there. I don't know what's going on. So, so uh, there was this there was this girl that worked at the counter uh, in the cat in the uh, coffee shop where we just hang out uh, on Friday nights. And so one day I went up to her and started talking to her and asked her out on a date. And so that kind of established a connection with her family where she had an older sister who ended up working, who was working for a Head Start program in Nashua. And at the time, my wife came back from Wisconsin because she moved out. She went out there for school and was working for a program called New Hampshire Reads. And so she'd go around to all the local school systems and, and Head Start programs and read to kids. Um, so in that, it, this is over a span of several months, so on and so forth. Um, the, we all became really good friends, never really worked out between the, the, the girl that I asked out. Um, and, uh, so in that friendship, we also had another friend, uh, uh, Franco at the time who, uh, who was hanging out with us. And one night during a, uh, or a Friday night, they, Melissa talked to, or during the week, Melissa talked to Heather and said, or I guess they were, they were like, well, maybe we could set Heather up with Franco because she knew that she started to get to know Heather. And so she's like, Hey, we, we want to go out. We, we, Heather, uh, uh, Melissa started talking to Heather during the time she came in to read. 
to this class and and they started building a friendship over time and then Heather was like, yeah, sure, I'll go out to the movies. So back, just not, um, she's not hanging out with, just freshly home, not really having a social life when she got back from from uh, graduating college. So it was a snowstorm, and so she ended up going to the movie theater, uh, and she, well, actually, she drove her little uh, purple escort over to uh, Melissa's house in Nashua at, at the time, and uh, um, met Franco and kind of realized it wasn't wasn't a, a match um but they ended up going down to took uh, down to tingsboro to showcase cinema to watch uh the boiler room uh and it, this was during a snowstorm so originally she wasn't going to go out and and she ended up going out anyway on the opposite end my side that friday night my sister and i were just hanging out at home and i just needed excuse to take my dad's truck out so i was like anya let's go let's go up to the mall and just go hang out because we were both not really doing anything. And uh, I don't think anyone was really home at the time. Uh, or my parents were home, but we were just hanging out like, let's take the truck up and go up to the mall. So we went up to the mall for a while and walked around. And then, and, and that by that time it was like seven 38, you know, I'm like, you want to go see the movie? She's like, yeah, let's go, let's go see a movie. And so we looked and looked at the movie theaters down in, in, in uh, showcase because they had better seating at the time than the Tingsboro one, uh, Tingsboro theater. Uh, I don't even know if it was an AMC at that point, but anyway, uh, so we took the truck all the way down the middle of the snowstorm cars left and right uh, off the, off the road, going down to the movie theater at like eight 30 at night, pulled into the parking lot. And the only vehicle in the parking lot really was towers truck. And so I was like, wow, what is towers truck doing here? So I pulled up right next to his truck. And at the time you walked in, you purchased your tickets and then you had, but they had a gate. So you had to purchase your tickets before you could go to concessions. So they were in the game room waiting for the movie to start. So we didn't know what movie they were going to. We wanted to go see the boiler room, come to find out they were going to see the boiler room, walked in, uh, met up with them in the, in the uh, concessions. And they were like, yeah, we're going to see the boiler room. I'm like, we're going to see it too. So went into the theater at that time. You didn't really choose your seats or pick your seats as you do it today. It's first come first serve. So got into the theater, everyone lined in. Um, and Heather was sitting way at the way end and she obviously didn't really work with, with Franco at that point. So she was just sitting at the far end. And so my sister and I came in and I ended up sitting, uh, so Anya ended up sitting with, with Franco and, uh, in tower and Melissa and Heather was at the end. So I ended up sitting next to, to Heather and we shared Kit Kats and talked the whole time. And that was kind of the initial introduction and, and meeting. <laughs> All through the movie. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> hey, listen, I can get a whole I can get a whole row of people to move. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, know. You, know. Right. you were very good at that. <laughs> you, had, you had no shame in movie theaters whatsoever. <laughs> everyone up. <laughs> move so, so everyone. That is our seat. Can you move over one place, please? <laughs> the handicapped person next to so, us. <laughs> and then our first date was I went and picked her up. I met her parents. And we went out to di- we went out to dinner, and then we went to a hockey game, and then we went to the movies. So, wow, it was a cool. it was a fun fun first date. So, it's like serendipity where you like meet at the ice skating rink and you exchange gloves every year or whatever. <laughs> you go to the movies. You <laughs> serendipity, serendipity, yeah. whatever. Serendipity, <laughs> boppity, whatever. Serendipity. So it's <laughs> uh, We're not going to use those. Love of his life, I, I think, is the story of that. Uh, hey, yeah, I can I can watch the romantic comedies. I just can't remember them. And I'm sure there's a BMX bike in there somewhere too, right? 
<laughs> hey, that was a love story. <laughs> a man and his bike. Pretty red. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, Ryan's parts. Let's go. <laughs> the gloves are off. Yeah, so it's kind of funny, like, you know, listening to how everybody met their wife. Um, I actually met my wife when I was 14. So that's almost 31, 32 years ago now. Uh, uh, you're bragging. Yeah. Well, so funny story. I met her at a Bible comp camp called Harbinger in Whitefield, New Hampshire. And uh, we went up there. It was a weekend long thing. We always went up there with this guy that lived with us. And um, I, it was like my third time going to that camp because they did like three sessions a year. So I think we had gone the spring, the fall, and then the following spring. And she was up there with her grandmother. And uh I remember like meeting her and liking her right off the bat. And it's what's really funny is we had hung out all weekend. We talked a ton. We had a really great time. And I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, dude, I really like that girl. And my brother's like, why don't you ask her out? Well, she was 12. So asking her out was kind of funny. So I went and asked her out. She said no. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, kind of funny, but, uh, you know, that was just the beginning. I convinced her to spend a lot of time talking to me on the phone. I ran up enormous phone bills. Um, and at some point, I got her to kind of sort of maybe but not really go out with me because she was only 12 and her parents didn't allow her to see anybody. And on top of that, she lived three hours away anyway, so all we could do is talk on the phone anyhow. So it was pretty fun. Um, but it was uh, it was the beginning of an amazing amazing ride um which i guess leads me to my next thing you guys kind of already hit on it like what did your dating life look like with your wife like what did that look like and what was your fate like kind of a two-part question like what was your favorite part what was the thing about them that really drew them to you or drew you to them because we don't know what drew them to you but we can talk about what drew us <laughs> to them right it, it was Part part boyfriend, part taxi cab, part tech support, is because she was in college. <laughs> so, so let me elaborate on those three points. So, boyfriend was obviously the weekends and hanging out and just getting to know each other, and and her hanging out with her family was always fun. There was always something going on, and um, you know we were all good friends, so we always you know with summer times we were always hanging out and doing something. Um, so that was just kind of just a connection there. The the um the taxi cab driver um yeah she like i said went to school in boston so you know her mom <laughs> didn't always her mom worked a lot so she, her job was a lot of traveling so um i being the the diligent boyfriend with the great um big giant truck and uh <laughs> you know the job it, it would pick her up every weekend and um the <laughs> the tech support was as well she went to school with a typewriter yes a typewriter um, I, I was working for a computer company in Boston and had several computers and laptops and stuff like that in the late nineties. And, and that was like the windows three eleven you know, days. So, um, I had a, I think a 486 or a Pentium class machine that I gave her and a print basically the old, um, printer and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> if she yeah, right, needs exactly. me, she'll love me. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is she? I, I was nanning me. I'm nanning McPhee, <laughs> the, the, pre, the pre version. If you need me, you will no longer want me. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, and what was, what was the best 
what was the thing about her that drew her drew you to her? And my wife was a teacher, so I was always very much um, girls I dated were very much either teacher or wanting to be a teacher early childhood, and and I you know the love of kids and that whole aspect was always something that that gift and that love for you know kids and and you know um, teaching and that aspect. So that that always kind of drew me towards her and, and something that I always really enjoyed seeing and, and watching kind of blossom. Cool. What about you other guys? What was it that, like, what did your dating, I mean, we talked, I think we kind of already hit somewhat on some of the wedding stuff on how you got like proposed and stuff, but uh, what was it that drew you to your wives? I mean, or what was the best feature you found in them as you got to know them? I mean, obviously when you're doing that first contact, it's like a conversation, a smile, how they look, whatever. Um, but what was it that kept you going back for more? What was it that kept you interested, that in, that engaged you? What was your drug? Uh, I, <laughs> I can go. I can go. Okay. She's full. She's rich. She's got huge. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, he's a naughty boy. <laughs> so, no, for real. Uh, <laughs> All right, Adam. Uh, I can go. Are they for real? Go. What you know? It's where are you going with that? You didn't like that. She's beautiful. She's rich. rich she's she's got huge tracts of land. <laughs> no, I think for for my wife, it's uh, 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 it was her personality and her sense of humor. Like she could keep up with me. It's really, yeah, really. And, and, I get tired and, working with and you and ignore me at the same time. So. And still love me, so that's really what it is. That's what. Uh, I act. Oh, go ahead. It's funny. I actually remember a conversation Paul had in one of the previous episodes about how he knew that Heather was meant for you. You guys were sitting down in a movie, and oh, right. there was some line that you guys. I think Paul said something about cocaine in the middle of a preview, and both Adam and Heather cracked yeah. up laughing just to kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm you know, focus in on what that, um, that sense yeah. of humor kind of looks like that kind of displaced a little bit awkward, <laughs> completely non sequitur yeah. type of thing yeah. that a they little. both laughed at so hard. So, which I appreciate by the way, just very much so. So very much so. Um, and Adam, what did your, like, what did your dating look like? Cause now Heather was Heather back from Wisconsin for good at that point when you yeah. guys met, or did she have to go back? No, nope, no, nope. she was back for good. So she was full time job working at uh, New Hampshire Reads. I was working at at teaching. the university at the time, at uh, teaching you how to read. <laughs> no, not teaching me how to read. You're lucky. I almost hit upgrade <laughs> on my on my Ubiquity Unify. It would have shut the whole system oh, no. down. I was like, oh, I shouldn't do that one. <laughs> but uh, no, back to the not sorry. That was a side note. um the uh uh no i think uh she she was working at new hampshire reads so i was working at the university uh just finishing i think i was when was that that was i was in my i think i was in my senior year at some people would say you were working at the university. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> you had a you had a specialized yeah, I, parking spot. Park. I could park anywhere I wanted. I had all faculty. <laughs> I had keys to everything. <laughs> so it was no, that was uh that was fun. But uh, um, so I, obviously with the flexibility of your senior year, um, 
was able to get we spent a lot of time hanging out and and with each other and uh um just doing a lot of we did a lot of outdoor things too we uh uh and and she kind of fit right into the the mold of our friends that we were hanging out with especially like tower and melissa and and everyone at that point in time so so she just fit fit right in with the with the crew so it was cool 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 yeah so what what was kind of your connection obviously your wife was very much against dating you at all together eric but <laughs> when did that break and and what what kept attracting you to the fact was it the fact that it was interested that you couldn't have her or couldn't date her or was it more something you know else <laughs> well no actually it was kind of funny like so we knew each other for 10 years before we actually got married so um and we did not date for most of that 10 years you know but we did talk a lot and I, you know, part of the one, like she lived three hours away. So for those of you guys that don't know, I, I grew up in Lowell and Tingsboro, um, for most of my high school and college career, um, which is on the Eastern half of Massachusetts. For those of you guys that don't know the geography of the area, um, she actually grew up in the Northwest corner of Massachusetts, which, um, it's three hours away, but there's no easy way to get there. <laughs> You know, she grew up on a mountain. There's about 1,700 people in her entire town. Lowell is about 100,000 people, maybe a few more at this point. Um, so we kind of came from very different lives. But, you know, when we met, neither of us had a license or a car. And all we had was telephones. And, oh, by the way, if you didn't – if you weren't around at that time, they charged you for every minute of long distance yeah. you used. And so – and it. And it changed in the middle of the day versus in the oh, evening. Dude. So you would have different rates. <laughs> and, and so at one point, I was talking to Heather, and me and my brother both had girlfriends who lived in Londonderry, New Hampshire, and we ran up a $500 phone bill. <laughs> yep. uh, my parents were so pissed. I didn't get to talk to anybody for like two months. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yep. But anyway, so, you know, again but yeah so so a lot of our a lot of my getting to know heather was just talking to her on the phone and so you know one great thing about talking on the phone is some of the hormonal distractions that go along with dating they weren't really an issue we weren't seeing each other we weren't near each other there was no temptation for anything more than a conversation you know but we got to spend a lot of time talking about sometimes stupid stuff sometimes important stuff and just getting to know each other. And um, so we did that for a long time. You know, I had a couple of girlfriends. At one point, um, I broke up with a girl freshman year of college. And uh, I just took a break. So I was about 19. And I really felt like God said it was time to stop seeing anybody. And so I took a couple years off. And what was really funny and, and is... I got through that couple of years and just as I was getting done with those two years, it, um, Heather came back out to visit me again. Now we'd been talking, you know, not probably not as much as we did when we were like 15, 16, but we were still talking and she came out to visit me. I was doing a midwinter barbecue, which I used to do. We had had a hundred people through my house over a four day period for eating and hanging out and playing games and stuff. And she drove out just to say hi and, and let me know that she was still interested in, in seeing if we were, could be more than friends, 
And um, I was a lousy boyfriend in that round. <laughs> At the end of that, so that was in January. We dated for like three months. In April, I went away to I went away on a trip with Paul and with our friend Mark and Bali. And the really crappy thing about this is I called Adam from where we were in Europe. And I did not call my girlfriend. <laughs> hey! To be fair, to be fair, you probably only had time for one phone call because you were too busy making sure that I didn't die. Well, yeah, it was from Euro Disney. To be fair, yeah, that's so, true. But then that should have well, been you your mother you or family. You didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know. I could I could run off somewhere at a, at the moment's notice. But um, let me enlighten you. Try to stop trying to cover up for his <laughs> his errors. And so when we got back, my wife, my girl, my now wife, my current girlfriend, basically said, "Dude, you're not a very good boyfriend. I'd like to break up." <laughs> so we broke up again. Wow. Um, but we had, you know, it wasn't horrible, and we were still talking even after we broke up. Like every time we broke up, every time it didn't work out, we still came back to the friendship that we had, and you know. One of the things I loved about that friendship is that Heather's focus was always on doing whatever it was that God was asking her to do, you know? So you, like, as we're talking about the things that attracted us to our wives, like she, like, you know, while I knew her, she did a lot of different stuff. One of the most crazy of those things was she basically within a week packed up all of her stuff and went and participated in a Christian summer camp as a counselor in Montana, just got on a plane and left, you know, like just completely obedient, completely awesome, completely like not distracted by the, like the normal distractions or garbage or things that were going on around her. She was, she was just always saying, okay, God, what do you have for me next? What can I do next? And, um, and so, you know, that that's like, there's a lot more detail there that we could go into, but you know, it it was a good run. It was a lot of fun and, and a lot of adventure and Heather's an incredibly patient woman. And so I'm pretty thankful that she is. Um, all right. So I, I guess the, the next question, the last question that I wanted to ask is how did you know that she was the one you wanted to marry? And, and if you want to tell us how you proposed, I think Paul already did, but if you want to tell us how you proposed, like, how did you know that this was the one you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? Because that's a pretty big commitment for a 20-ish something, a young 20-something, right? Like, what was it that pushed you over the edge? We talked about what drew you to them, but when did you know, like, oh, yeah, this is this is the one. I love her enough that I want to be with Um. So I knew there was a um, a distinct moment that I knew um, when she. So she was looking to go to the fold. So she she went to this like camp called the fold up in Vermont, and um, as a kid, and then they had like a um, a time when she got older, she was going to go back, and they had like a you know. Um, um, almost like a time where they could all get together again, people who had been there before. So she went up there, but like 
my I needed my car to, to go to work with and her car, she was in between cars at the moment, so she borrowed my my mother's car. And she got in a horrendous, horrendous car accident, like horrendous car accident. Uh, that Is was that the deer, deer where like she, okay. like she swerved to avoid the deer, rolled over, somebody hit her. It was like horrendous, horrendous, horrendous. Oh. And like glass in her eye, kind of like horrendous. And I just remember um, that moment and probably another one that I probably should have started of, uh, started that was less horrendous. But I just remember thinking like I was – like, obviously I was, you know, um, she was traumatized, but obviously I was really, really worried. But I remember the moment I hugged her when I first saw her after that, I thought I never want, I, like, I was so distraught that I thought, yeah, that's it. I just know that we were meant together because I can't, I don't want to live without her. Um, mm-hmm. And then even, and then there was even times, I'm trying to think it was before um, we got, before we got married, when we traveled, I remember calling her going, you know, I don't miss people at the time. I was kind of like anti people. Um, I've come around a bit <laughs> and in ministry, oddly enough, <laughs> but I was very like, people are in my way and I just don't oh, want Jesus. to, ah! I just, I just don't want them. Paul's like, I like star yeah. Wars and yeah. maybe three other we'll people. My way and that's it. <laughs> um, and yeah, maybe three people, uh, there'll be three people here and that's it. <laughs> And like two and a half, because Adam sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I get that effect. <laughs> he's like, I get it. I I'm, I'm there. But I called her like from traveling somewhere, and I was like, you know, I legitimately miss you. Like I just like me driving her in the passenger seat is just what I'm used to. Um, like when I travel for work, uh, when when that was a thing, um, like I that's the thing that I miss. I would not not turn and think that she was bit there, but like her her. Not being there, I, I feel like I feel the emptiness of that seat when when she's not with me, and um, and so the, so yeah, so I those those mo- that moment I knew like I, I I hugged her and I was like I don't ever want to be apart from this woman. I want this woman to 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 live forever and um like not none of this crazy stuff to happen again to, to happen at all. And I was like that was the moment I was I I like stop looking outward like hey I wonder what else can like what else is out there to like no this is it this is who I want to like spend spend time with um yeah so yeah and like even like when we dated like I think I'm trying to think of like what even like drew us together like I just think think it was we were both at a time in our life where like we we felt really comfortable with we found a, a somebody that we felt comfortable telling each other things that we hadn't really told uh, other folks um so like really connecting on that level i think was um what one of the other things that like really we just really connected on and i think i even knew then like we um i think i even knew then that how different we were how just complete polar opposites we were and i didn't appreciate it then i'll tell you right now i did not appreciate that being like, Hey, this way. And she's like, no, this way. I'm like, how can you even see things like that way? Why? Like who would even, but obviously That's now it's, it's amazing. You know, we used to have this joke, like we'd be talking and I'd be like, "Hun, the sky is blue. Like "Hun, the sky is blue with the insinuation being, you're going to just, you're just going to say the opposite thing on everything that I say. So clearly she's going to, you know, say it's green or something like that. And you know what? she would probably be right because it probably would be, would be green is what I, what I've learned there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, I, it's, it's, um, it's for, for whatever reason, like after we had Jonathan, the marriage versus I would weigh, which is harder being a parent or being, or being married. 
And it's so, to me, it's like my son's 15. So I'm sure there's some other craziness to come and there's been some craziness already, but I just, the marriages and it's so surprising to me because I feel like people told me it was work, but nobody told me like, there's going to be legitimate times where you're like, why is this person with me or, or, or vice versa? But, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy. That's good. It's crazy. crazy. I'm not, I'm not bear on Sesame street. It's just queer. It's, just queer. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a crazy ride. <laughs> crazy. Wild ride. <laughs> sure I'm going to I'm gonna have to stop before the podcast. Sure. <laughs> I'm right, hunting for a webbit. That's funny. Uh, so I think for myself, uh, uh, I think when I knew that she was the one for me is, is uh, well, it was pretty quickly on just personality wise and, and, and just, just how we adapted to each other. It was, uh, I knew that she was the, the, my yin to my yang. <laughs> we were right there no we, we were just going to be quiet nobody's going to say anything and yeah. then you had to pull that right in so it was funny because like uh, for, she so beep, beep. so my wife grew up in 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 youth groups and churches uh but never really had a relationship with God. And so when we started dating and, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of concern that oh Adam's missionary dating. And, and I knew that that wasn't, wasn't the, wasn't the situation because even before we started dating, she started asking a lot of questions and was seeking on her own. So I already knew she was, she was in that route for, for building a relationship. Cause it's something she really, really wanted and something she, she found on her own and has a, pretty awesome relationship Adam, for our for our people that uh may not have known exactly what that can you just describe oh what gosh. that means so missionary dating yeah. is i'm gonna so so there's you're going to convert the one you you're dating <laughs> to love, love love god so that you can fulfill your own <laughs> own agenda is really what it comes well, down to in many ways yeah i mean missionary dating just I don't know that's about fulfilling your own agenda. I think the reality is so frequently um, I, I feel like scripture is pretty clear about not being yoked yeah. to an unbeliever yeah. if you're a believer. Yeah. And and when we if you're a bull. No, no, it doesn't. It actually says if you're do not be unequally yoked to an unbeliever yeah. in marriage. Yeah. Like it's pretty clear about that verse. It's, it has nothing to do with bulls. It has to do with dating and marriage. It actually really has to do with marriage. Yeah. And so when we talk about missionary dating, it's like I am a Christian and I am dating a non-Christian in hopes that in this process, they will become a Christian because I like them. And very, very frequently, it doesn't work that way. All right. And so that's what, you know, with all the joking aside, like that's the reality of the situation. So go ahead. It wasn't, it wasn't that situation at all because she was already seeking for herself, not me trying to, she was asking all the questions constantly. And, and seeking for herself. So she was right. already on that road prior to meeting stupid me. <laughs> so, so she technically was a Windows user who wanted really to be a no, Mac user. No, no. Nobody no, wants no, to be a Mac user. Mac user. <laughs> <laughs> Forced into that. But anyway, uh, and so, so but really, it, uh, I we knew pretty quickly and she, she knew pretty quickly our personalities pretty, pretty much gelled. And yeah, I wouldn't say our first year, couple of year, couple of, 
years of marriage were, were tough and learning experiences and really, cause that's with anything you, you really learn the person, but you learn to adapt and you learn to, to oh. make compromises and it, it, well, I don't want to say adapt, but uh, you, there's definitely compromises that you have to make in, in yeah. assimilate yeah. is really what you're but, looking uh, for. The but, word. And then just, to, <laughs> I know cause we're kind of getting late into the, into the podcast. Uh, um, it, we uh, ended up proposing to her down in Wellfleet on the Cape. So, oh, cool! Yeah, went went down for the for the weekend, and I ended up proposing to her right on the uh, on the ocean side. What'd so, you say? Or the yeah, the bay side. Uh, well, I was like, first, I wanna I wanna just say thank your parents again for the large dowry they gave me, and then <laughs> and then here's your ring. <laughs> Five sheep, well, two goats. And a- but, uh, and, jar, and prior to that, I was I went and asked the permission from their from her 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 mother and stepfather, and they were like, "Hallelujah, get her out of here." <laughs> so that was good. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's funny. I uh, when did I know? So it's funny because because Heather and I had so much history. I I, I think when I knew. Uh, there were kind of two steps and they were both within a few hours of each other. Um, her and Paul and my sister and I had gone out to this conference in Colorado Springs called Prayer Storm. And it was actually a fasting and, and uh, prayer conference that was pretty awesome. Um, but the whole premise of it was that you fasted while you were out there. And then at the was that the conference you wrecked the van? No, that it was that was a different okay. conference. Okay. Um, but it was in Colorado Springs, and so we had we we wanted to have four drivers so we could basically just drive straight through. Which, by the way, horrible idea. Don't do that You're again. Right. But anyway, it was a lot of fun, and we can tell that story on another on another pot mm-hmm. session because I thought it was yeah. it was great. Um, but we got out there and. Um, I had been fasting. I had fasted before we left. Uh, I think at the end of the event, I had been fasting for two weeks straight, uh, just really seeking God about what to do next with my life and stuff like that. And so it was really cool. Um, But I don't know if any of you guys have ever fasted, but it kind of like you get a little grumpy, right? When, when you deny your body stuff, it reacts poorly. (laughs) And so, um, at one point we were walking around um, we were about to go into a session or something. And I don't remember what was said. I don't remember who said what I just remember that I was grumpy and Heather said something and I snapped at her. And when I turned around, I had hurt her feelings. And for the first time in a really long time, I, I felt bad. Like I was concerned about how she felt and like, and I realized that I cared about her a lot more than I had thought I did. And then I follow that up. um, As we're going through a worship session, I was just kind of sitting down and uh, just trying to listen to God and read my Bible and and praying and stuff. And I really felt like God said, you know, Eric, it's time for you to date Heather again. Now, the problem with that was, I knew what that really meant because I had already dated her enough that if I dated her again and it didn't work out, then we couldn't really be, we would have destroyed our friendship. And so I knew that when he said that, what he was really saying was, Hey, Eric, it's time for you to start seeing your wife. (laughs) Um, And so on the way home, 
we started seeing each other. And then six months later for our six month anniversary, I drove out there um, the three hours after work, got there, we had a nice dinner and then I drove home. At the end of that dinner, I kneeled down in the slush in the parking lot and asked Heather to marry me. And I was so flipping nervous and I stammered and I think I actually dropped the ring once. <laughs> it was just a mess, but, but she said yes. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. So, you know, just, um, just really, really good stuff and a ton of fun. Um, and I just want to thank you guys so much for, for listening. We, we really love having these conversations. We love the fact and hope that what we're talking about impacts you, reaches you, um, just, you know, entertains you even. And uh, if you have any comments, any, uh, or if you want to provide any reviews, please do so. Please come chat with us on our Facebook site and let us know. Oh, and thanks for listening to the Forefathers Podcast, where we talk about faith, fatherhood, and other F words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four, fatherspodcast.com. If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.